in glorious Chapter 22 I quickly told them the details of my plan. I had to stick to business. There was no time for feeling sorry for myself. And I sure didn't want them feeling sorry for me. No time for pity. No time for anger, either. There was nothing I could do to the Elemist. Nothing I could do. Okay, Cassie, we need you to stay in Wolf Wharf. Axe, watch Cassie's back and try to stay out of view. Marco, you know your part, right? Yeah, I got it, he said nervously. He was temporarily human, in between morphs. Marco's part of the plan was one of the most difficult. And if he failed, Rachel and I were dead. No problem, right? I said to Marco. Yeah, no problem. Just make sure one of you is a few seconds behind the other. I'll need some time. I know my role, Jake said. He was just coming out of his tiger morph. Up in the air. My old job, I said. Yeah, let's hope I do it as well as you always did, Jake said. Cassie, Axe, let's move it. Marco, quit worrying. It's just like catching a pass with your eyes closed. No big deal for mighty Marco. Marco laughed. That's it. Flatter me. Now I know we're dead. But don't worry. I'll be there. I fluttered over to stand on Kethalpak's shoulder. It isn't easy to find a place to sit on a hork I dug my talons in just a bit to the dark, leathery skin, and I began to acquire the hork DNA. All around, I could hear the sounds of enemies closing in. I heard the flop, flop, flop of the helicopters. And now that they were getting closer, my hawk hearing could even detect the faint tzu tzu of the Dracon beams. Sometimes there would come a loud crack, almost like sudden thunder. It was the sound of a tree exploding as the Dracon beam turned the tree sap to steam in a split second. And then there was the roar of the fire itself. But I shut all of that out of my mind. All I had to focus on was acquiring the hork Ket Halpak went slightly limp. I could feel the muscles relaxing. At last, I flew away to a bare spot on the forest floor. The others were all watching me, even while they did their own morphs. I think they halfway suspected I was nuts. They halfway wondered if I'd just made it up about being able to morph. I closed my eyes and held the image of the hork in my mind. And then, very quickly, I began to feel the changes. I sprouted up from the pine needles and dead leaves. I rocketed up and up so fast. I couldn't help but yell. Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! Hey, he is morphing. Marco said. I guess that's something, at least. Rachel said bitterly. I ignored her angry tone. I couldn't listen to her anger, because it would just make me mad too. A predator is never angry, just hungry. Anger only gets in the way. Up and up I grew. And as I grew, my wings grew with me. It's funny the way morphing works. It's never totally logical. It's never exactly the same twice, either. And it is always, always gross. Even as I was morphing, I was watching the others undergo changes. It was a scene out of some lunatic's darkest nightmare. Bodies melted. Weird appendages grew suddenly, here and there. 
Teeth appeared before there was a mouth to hold them. Fur grew like one of those time-lapse videos of mold, just shooting out of the skin. Big humans tottered unsteadily on tiny dog-like legs. If you just happened to wander in and saw the spectacle of four kids and a bird all melting and mutating and squirming as two giant aliens watched, you'd definitely think you were insane. You'd want to see a psychiatrist. After you stopped screaming. I could feel the changes happening in my own body. Not that they were painful. They weren't. But I could still feel things going on. And I could hear them. My insides were reorganizing totally. Orc-Bashir have at least two hearts, maybe more. So entire new hearts were forming inside of me. And from the hearts, new arteries and veins had to sprout and spread throughout my body. I had to go from having a digestive system designed to handle big chunks of raw mouse to a digestive system built for tree bark. I could hear a gurgling sound as internal organs shifted and stretched and were pushed aside to make room for totally new organs. I could hear a stretching, grinding sound as big, thick, solid bones replaced my hollow bird bones. And on the outside, I saw my wings grow till they were huge. Then, with amazing speed, the feathers melted into hard, leathery skin. There was a snap as the joints in my wings changed direction to bend the way a hork arm bends. Then out came the blades. Shroop! Blades at my wrists. Shroop! Blades at my elbows. Shroop! The forward-swept horn blades on my snake head. Hey, Tobias, Marco said. You kept the same feet. It was a joke, but it was true, too. There wasn't much difference between my hawk talons and the feet of the hork except that they were maybe a hundred times bigger. Somehow, that made me feel good. I liked the look of those big, ripping talons. I liked thinking about what they would do to a taxon. Cassie and Axe took off at a run. They had a lot of distance to cover very fast. Fortunately, a wolf can run almost flat out all day long. And there is no doubt about how fast an antelope can move. No doubt. Jera Hami and Kethelpak left with them. Marco was in his huge, powerful gorilla morph, and getting ready to leave too. See you guys later, I hope, he said. Be there, Rachel growled. She pointed a dangerous Horkbisher hand at him. Okay, I'll be there, but don't take too long or I may decide to take a nap, Marco joked as he lumbered off through the trees. Jake was perched on a branch just over my head. A peregrine falcon, the fastest thing in the air. He spread his wings and took off, leaving me and Rachel alone. Rachel had morphed into a mirror image of me. We were a fine pair of hork Ready? I asked her. She peered at me from behind alien eyes. You okay, Tobias? Sure, why wouldn't I be? Well, you haven't exactly had a great day, she said. I laughed grimly. I'm a freak of nature, Rachel. Any day I stay alive is a good day for me. Chapter 23 High above the treetops, Jake flew in his swift peregrine falcon morph, calling down directions to Rachel and me. It was weird. It almost felt like Jake had taken over my role or something. Like he was pretending to be me. Normally I'd be the one up there, riding the wind. 
Okay, not far now. Jake said. You're almost there. You guys know which direction to go after the Yerks catch your trail, right? Yeah, we know, Mother. Rachel said. What are we, idiots? Then to me she said, We do know, right? I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's harder to keep track of where things are when you're down on the ground. Just trees and bushes everywhere. You can't see the horizon. You can't see the sun. The forest was impossible for a hork trying to be quiet. I mean, we could have slashed our way through the brambles and thorn thickets, but that would have attracted too much attention too soon. So we tried to hurry, but without making too much noise. And let me tell you, hork bodies are not built for quiet. That's why you have me up here, Jake said cheerfully. To guide you. Don't sweat it. I can see the ravine. I can see that Cassie and Axe and the two hork are getting into position. And I see Marco. Huck, with these falcon eyes, I can practically see Marco's fleas. Easy for you to be cocky, I muttered. You're up there safe. Do you see the line of fire? Rachel asked Jake. Because I sure do smell it. Yeah, Jake admitted. In fact, the fire forms a semicircle around you. The Toxons and friends are the other half of the circle. The only way open is the ravine. So we're just going to get one chance. Wonderful, I said. Okay, you guys. A big fat pair of Toxons are just on the other side of that pile of rocks. What pile of rocks? Rachel asked. Oh, well... I can see that it's a big pile of rocks from up here. From where you are, it probably just looks like a thick tangle of weeds and thorns. Cool, Rachel said calmly. I guess it's time. Yep, ladies first. No, no, after you, I insist. We pushed our way through the bushes and climbed to the top of what did turn out to be a pile of rock boulders. At the top, we stopped and stared. Just twenty feet away were two taxons. Two vile, disgusting taxons. Allies, not just slaves, of the Yerks. A species that ate its own when given half a chance. I don't know if it was the hawk in me that was angered by the sight of the two humongous worms marching through a decent forest, or the human side of me that just didn't like gigantic worms, period, or some deep instinct of the hork mind. But I was suddenly filled with hatred and rage. The anger hit me like a baseball bat alongside the head. It was sudden and ferocious. The plan was to run from the Taxons, but all of a sudden, I didn't want to run. I wanted to see what my hork blades would do. I wanted to hurt the Taxons. Let's take them, I said. Rachel turned her snake head toward me. What? That's not the plan, Tobias. They shouldn't be here. Look at them. Look at them, slithering through the forest like they own it. They shouldn't be here. This isn't their place. It's ours. It's mine. Tobias, calm down. It makes me mad too, but we have to stick with the plan. No, we don't, I said. I'm tired of plans. Rachel grabbed my shoulder. I almost spun around and slashed at her. That's how mad I was. My arm actually came up as if I was going to strike. But Rachel didn't back away. Look, Tobias, 
You're mad, but it's not the time or place. The person you're mad at is beyond your reach. You can't get back at the Elemist for betraying you. Somehow, her words penetrated the black rage that had swallowed me up. No, I couldn't get back at the Elemist. And it was him I was furious with. Wasn't it? Rachel was right. She had to be right. It was the Elemist's fault. Stick to the plan, Tobias. Don't get us all killed because you're mad at the Elemist. Yeah, you're right. The plan. Rachel released my shoulder. I stared down at the taxons. They had frozen on seeing us. They knew that they were no match for a couple of desperate hork But then, through the woods, shadowy figures appeared. hork warriors. hork controllers. The taxon shrilled and in their own hissing language. From the trees, a dozen hork suddenly broke at full run. Out of here! Rachel yelled. Right behind you! We bolted, and we no longer had to worry about being too obvious. The hork were after us, and we had to use maximum speed to escape. The plan seems to be working so far. Jake called down. Yeah, they're on us, Rachel said. We ran through the bushes like only hork can run. Our arms slashed the air, again and again, quick as striking snakes. We destroyed bushes and saplings like a pair of out-of-control, nuclear-powered lawnmowers. Slash, 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 slash! But there was one big problem with doing what we were doing. See, we were slowed down a little by having to cut our way through, and the hork behind us could just follow our trail. They're gaining on you, Jake said. Yeah, we noticed. How far is the ravine? Too far. You won't make it this way. Well, find a way, I yelled. I could see the pursuing hork Their horn blades were bobbing above the undergrowth. They were not far behind us. Not far, as in pretty soon I'd be smelling their bad breath. I... I can't tell what anything is from up here, Jake cried. It's like reading a map or something. What should I be looking for? We need to go at an angle, I said. Look for a gully or a ditch that runs across our path. The deeper, the better. Oh, nothing. Wait, maybe that's a gully. There's a little stream running down it. Just tell us left or right, I yelled. Okay, left. No, no, I was thinking my left. Go right. Okay, ten more steps. The hork were on us. In seconds, they'd have us in clear view. There! Jake yelled. Yeah! I said. We hit a tiny shallow stream. It was almost hidden by overhanging vines and drooping branches. This way, Rachel! I crouched as low as my massive stiff hork body could go, and I ran bent over along the stream. Rachel was inches behind me. Ow! She yelped. What? Your tail caught me in the neck. Never mind. Run! Run! Behind us, I could hear the noise of the pursuing hork grow louder. Then slowly, more distant. All right. Jake said. You lost them. Now you have to cut left to get back toward the ravine. Up and out of the gully we leapt. Back on dry ground, we found some nice open country beneath very tall trees. Oh man, this isn't good. 
Jake said. What? Tell me. The fire's sweeping right down the lip of the ravine from the north, and the Yorks are closing the gap from the south. What do we do? I asked. Look, there's no way around this, Tobias. There's a line of orc now between you two and the ravine. You have to go through them. Hope you haven't lost all that anger, Rachel said to me. Looks like we fight, after all. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, I'd like to apologize for this one being a little shorter this week. Um, we are basically at the end of the book. We have four chapters after this, and I was looking at that and looking at chapter lengths, and um, it just sort of shook out this way. This was like a cool little uh, cliffhanger to end on, and then I'm just going to power through the last four chapters next week. Um, so that one will be a little longer. This one was a little shorter. That's just sometimes how uh, things work out. I have a uh, message this week uh, coming in from Tumblr, uh, Tumblr user Avian American uh, writes in saying, Hey, I first read the series in my junior slash senior year of high school, and Tobias was my favorite. But re-listening to the books in my junior slash senior year of college, I'm starting to really love Jake. It's probably just me thinking about everything that happens in the future books, and how little love Jake usually gets because he has to be the group mom all the time. But he's honestly such a great character, and I love his dynamic with Marco. Anyway, thank you for doing this, and keep up the great work. Uh, thank you for writing in, Avian American. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying this. Thank you for your support. And uh, yeah, I think Jake is a really, really cool character. Uh, I read these when I was like in middle school-ish. Uh, early middle school, I think. So I don't really remember what my thoughts were on... The characters back then, but I reread this series again uh, shortly after I graduated college, uh, which is what ultimately led me to making this podcast. But uh, during that, I definitely appreciated Jake. I think um, the kind of reluctant leader role he takes is such an interesting uh, character trait, um, and just the the weight of responsibility he chooses to shoulder for the group is just something that I think is really admirable and just really compelling to to read about. Also, yeah, he does have a great dynamic with Marco. And fun fact, uh, a lot of people, I guess, read that as uh, almost flirting on Marco's side. And actually, someone tweeted at uh, Kay Applegate's husband, whose name I cannot remember, but he did co-write the majority of the series and asked if Marco was by. They had a lovely conversation that ended with him saying um, it was the 90s, so they hadn't really considered that. But if that's something you want to read into it, you have his full endorsement on that uh, interpretation of the character, which I think is super cool uh, for the author and for the character of Marco. Uh so that's that's all I, I got was that lovely message. Uh, thank you for writing in again, Avian American. Uh, if you would like to write in, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, if you use Apple Podcast and you want to leave me a rating or review, I sure would appreciate that. I think that lets uh, this be more searchable or something. The algorithms, you know, the algorithms. It helps. Um, 
And also, if you want to see some other stuff I do, be sure to check out theapocalypse.com. That's theapocalypse.com. It's like apocalypse, but there's a D right in there after that O. Okay, that's really uh, all I have for y'all this week. So I will see you all next week for the conclusion of book 13. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.